0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
1: Now, the Gardaí and the Road Safety Authority have made a joint appeal for motorists to be cautious on the roads this bank holiday weekend because 20 people have died and 94 seriously injured over the past five June bank holiday weekends. Now, someone who'd like to echo these warnings this morning and who knows only too well what it's like to survive a road traffic accident is radio broadcaster Gareth O'Callaghan. Uh, Gareth, good morning and welcome.
0: Good morning, Pat. Great to hear you.
1: What happened and when? And how are you?
0: Um, I'm recovering, Pat. Everything from the chest up is is in relatively good working order. Thankfully, the the head escaped any form of injury. Thankfully, I was wearing a seatbelt. If I hadn't been, I wouldn't be talking to you this morning. Um, broken back, um, some additional spinal injuries, internal damage, very bad leg um, effect. The, the 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 nerves have been injured and inflamed so when they will recover we don't know hopefully they will but at the moment walking is not easy and the pain is excruciating but briefly I was getting off the train had returned to Cork where I've been living now for a few years Uh, I got the early train that Sunday 12th of March 12 midday got in about 2.35 Paul and my wife was waiting to collect me and we were going to drop the car home and go and watch the rugby which was why I took the early train. I think Ireland and Scotland were playing. Um and we were on Horgan's Quay which is one of the very very busy uh routes into Cork City. Um there were a couple of matches in Parky Cove so traffic was particularly slow. We were about halfway down the quay. So you have Irish Rail and Bus Éireann on your right and I remember looking into the back seat and Emma our daughter was uh was adjusting herself in the back seat. And I said, have you got your seatbelt on? And she sat forward to show me.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: was just at that precise moment that the car behind us impacted and rear-ended us. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Um, it felt like an explosion. That's the only way I can describe it. Everything in the car, literally everything shifted. Seats, um, all of... It. I remember looking looking at the window in front Paula's lenses popped out of her glass frames. Um, I knew instantly my back was broken and I had ruptured my right lung as well. Uh, I thought I was having a heart attack because the pain was so severe and I couldn't breathe because the lung had deflated um, and at that stage I couldn't feel my legs and I I closed my eyes for a few minutes because the pain was so intense. I, I I remember thinking this must be what it feels like in the final moments before you die. Because I, I, I I said to myself, I can't sustain this level of pain. And because of the huge amount of traffic, it was a very slow stop, go, stop, go because of the, the entrance into Mm -hmm. the, the shortcut, as they call it, uh, down the marina to Parque Cueve. Um, so at that stage, as a result of the, the the backlog, and as a result of the it was a four car collision, concertina bang 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 bang. Um,
1: so you were the meat in the sandwich.
0: Yes, yes, we were. Paula and Emma. I remember saying to them, "Get out of the car! Get out of the car!" And that was when I, it was almost like I I could no longer breathe, so I couldn't talk anymore. And. Um, I screamed at the pain, and then I couldn't get my breath again. So I just closed my eyes because it was excruciating. I could hear sirens at that stage. I could hear Paula saying, "Will somebody please call an ambulance?" Uh, we knew that at that stage, a man from one of the other cars had come down to me and said, "You're, you're, you're please just stay with me. You're going to be fine. You can hear this, the emergency services; they're on their way." The problem with the guys in the guard, of the vehicles, and the ambulances, and the fire firefighting trucks, they were caught in the traffic as a result of the backlog. Now, Mm -hmm. So I don't know how they did it, but they managed to make their way onto the quay, which is a one-way street. And um, I remember one of the paramedics, he knelt down beside me and he said, you're going to be okay. I need you now to just listen to me carefully. Um, He said, "Um, is that coat very expensive? And I said, no. I said, that's one of my weekend jackets. He said, that's okay, because we're going to cut it off in strips. Um, and then we're going to remove the car from you rather than you from the car. So I remember he cut the jacket off completely. Then he gave me an injection of morphine. Uh, He then gave me some other pain management. um, One of these inhalers that you inhale, uh, the green whistle, I think they call it. It was having very little effect, so I think he gave me another injection at that stage. But the firefighters arrived then. They were wonderful. They just explained to me that We're going to cut the roof off the car. You're going to hear a noise that is indescribable, but we're going to cover you completely in a protective fire blanket so no shards of metal or glass can get into your face or eyes. So I remember being in that dark space, tucked in in this blanket, and hearing the screeches of these big grinder cutters. And when they took the blanket off, the roof was gone completely. It was like a cabriolet car or what was left of it. And with that, they were able to get a plinth underneath me, and eight of them managed to slide me out through what was left at the back of the car. Strapped me onto a stretcher, and um, there was, I, I think, um, two or three ambulances. So, okay. I, at I was this point,
1: CH. what about Paula and Emma?
0: Paula and Emma now were in one of the other ambulances.
1: Now, were they injured? Emma was being
0: uh, Emma was being treated for severe back pain. Paula was being treated for severe. Uh, knee pain as well Um, as whatever the adrenaline did with Paula it was extraordinary because she was able to almost keep a control of the situation until the emergency services arrived and but I think later that night when she got home I was in I was in A&E at this stage she she rang me to say that her pain was excruciating so I said look come back in Um, so she came back in and God love her. She had to sit in a and e pretty much for the night. But um, I was in the critical decisions unit next door, so she was able to nip in and out, and they allowed her to keep her place in the queue. But she eventually had an MRI. Um, she had knee damage. She had um, in the days that followed. She had to go to her dentist because one of the one of the teeth cracked in her mouth as a result of the impact. Uh, she also has toe damage. Uh, Arm damage, ribs very very sore, but thankfully, uh, thankfully nothing mm-hmm. long term. What is um, extraordinary
1: about this story that you're telling us, Gareth, is that it could not have been like a high speed crash, the kind of crash you'd have on a motorway.
0: It, it, the impact was so severe, I have never experienced anything like this. It was literally like I thought I thought a, an explosion had happened underneath the car because the car lifted from behind and was driven so hard into the car in front of us that it bounced back then. And Mm. looking at the photographs of the car that were taken afterwards when the car was removed for an examination, there's not one single panel on the car that hasn't been damaged. The doors are damaged, uh, the bonnet, the everything, absolutely everything on the car. And then of course you have the, the roof which was placed beside the car on the roadway while they tried to extricate
1: no. me from the now, damage that was all around me. The Gardaí are still investigating how this terrible accident happened. Meantime, almost three months on, um, you're making a slow recovery.
0: Yes, I am Pat. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be alive. i mean, on a beautiful morning like this morning. I was up, I get up most mornings about six, half six, particularly during the summer. Um, and I sat in the garden and had a cup of coffee and I, I just thought to myself, this is so wonderful because I could be coming up to the 12th week of, you know, my expiry, my dispatch. Um, it was so close that when we got to CUH, the two neurosurgeons who visited me that night, they said, we're trying to decide whether to send you to Dublin for spinal surgery because our spine surgeon uh, is away this week at a conference. And I said to them, I said, I, I don't want to go because my back is so bad that I'm afraid of the journey to and from. Because it's a very, very long journey, even even though the motorway is, is a great road. Mm. And I said, I, if, if it's OK with you guys, I, may, I might make a call on this. And they said, absolutely. You know, we'll give you all the care you need here. This is the best place you can be. And when Mr. Reedy gets back, you know, we're going to be uh, we're going to be deciding then what happens. So Declan Reedy, the spine surgeon, an absolute gentleman and one of the greatest in his field, came back and um, immediately set about getting me right. And uh, I was delighted then that we didn't make the journey because I have to say CUH was the only place I wanted to be. Um, Walking is still virtually impossible without this TLSO walking frame that keeps your back very steady. It's like one of these protective security vests that you see the guardian security personnel wearing but there are steel plates at the back and to to keep the ribs from moving and I'm on crutches Um, made a a kind of a a good attempt at walking down the back garden last evening Um, it it feels like what it must be like to be a one-year-old making your first few steps staggering slightly and afraid you're going to fall but I I think it's going to take time Pat because unfortunately there's Some internal nerve damage as well, which is affecting some of the stuff, you know, below the abdomen and that. And eating is still very uncomfortable. But the ruptured lung has recovered, thankfully. Um, The voice and the brain as intact, I think, as they ever were. Um, But it it reminds me, and it's the first thing the paramedic said to me. If you hadn't been wearing a seatbelt, you would be somewhere up ahead in front of the car somewhere because there's no way you would not have gone out through the windscreen. And if that had happened, the speed, the impact took place, it, it was less than a second. But the amount of energy that came through the car, the crash force, as they call it, the, the amount of joules that were carried through as a result of the impact, that energy, as you well know, has to find a way to get out. So it goes through you and it'll take you with it if you're not in the seatbelt. Um, and that was what actually punctured my lung, it was the force of the seatbelt pulling me back in the seat. And I've never felt anything like the force of it. I actually thought the seatbelt would snap. So I cannot emphasize the importance of wearing a seatbelt. You know, I've had a couple of chats with the Gardi here in Cork. They've been absolutely wonderful, as have all of the emergency services, checking in to make sure we're all okay regularly. One of the gardi was saying to me, you would be surprised how people... They close their seatbelts behind them in the seat so that the seat doesn't beep. And then they sit back against the seatbelt. What's the sense in that? That's, that's insanity. And um, coming up to this weekend, even coming in along the South Link this morning from home into the city, the amount of lane weaving on the dual carriageway is shocking. People thinking... If I lane-weave a little bit, I'll get ahead of the next eight cars. And it's almost like a crazy game. And I, have, I, I, and I, I was quoted in The Examiner that yesterday as saying this. The coolest place you don't want to be this bank holiday weekend is a hospital mortuary. And that's how close I came to being in a hospital mortuary that weekend.
1: Well, you have captured the experience absolutely vividly and I hope uh, scaringly for our listeners so that those who are on the roads over this holiday weekend won't be adding to the statistics of fatalities and those who are often forgotten in the numbers, those who are grievously injured and who, like yourself, are making a a slow recovery, some never to regain uh, their former vigour, but hopefully, in your case, Gareth, that's where you'll be the next time we meet.
0: Thank you, Pat. And Pat, one of the abiding memories once the emergency services had got me free of the car, they were strapping me onto a stretcher. I had a protective inflatable bag that lifts up and pulls itself around you so that none of the none of the spine will move, none of the ribs would move. So I was looking up at the sky and a double-decker bus passed the car and the, the accident scene very slowly and... Almost everybody, certainly at least 10 to 15 people on the upper story of the bus, were standing against the window looking down at the stretcher, videoing me on their mobile phone. And even though the pain was horrendous, I was shocked. What sort of a society have we become? There were even people, Paula was telling me, standing around, I couldn't see them, but standing around the crash scene, videoing and taking photographs. I don't see the sense in that,
1: Gareth O'Callaghan. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. Thanks, Pat. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.